Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and season four just keeps rolling. It's a special one this week. D1 opening weekend is in the books, and so is the Super Bowl. So now our full attention is on softball, as it should be. So however you got here today, whether it's audio podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, etc., or watching on YouTube, thank you for joining us. And go ahead and subscribe and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll be covering our bases, give you some news and call-outs from around the softball world. Then we'll be heading into today's interview with Lisa Fernandez. She's the GOAT. Do I need to say much more? This was a bucket list item for the show to have her as a guest. So you could say I'm just a little bit excited. And the fact that we get to release the number 16's episode on the 16th, it just feels iconic. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And this episode starts with opening weekend. This preseason so far feels like postseason. And it has a little bit to do with just the types of tournaments that are put together in preseason now. I mean, you got the Mark Campbell Invitational in Irvine that we just saw. Teams like Oklahoma were there. Puerto Vallarta, the challenge in Mexico where you had teams like Oregon. And the NFCA leadoff classic in Clearwater where you had teams like Tennessee. And it's just crazy to think about all of these matchups that we could see again later on in May. And we have more coming up. The Tax Act Clearwater Invitational presented by Evo Shield is coming up. It's going to be covered on ESPN. And then Mary Nutter is in SoCal after that. So I feel like we're just, you know, hashtag blessed at this point. So first, I want to talk about just some of the new beginnings that we have this season. We saw plenty of upsets. We're used to seeing that early in the season. It's hard to even classify them as upsets when it's so early and, and the rankings are, you know, it's a little premature in a lot of ways. But... Maryland beat Oregon and Oklahoma State and rightfully cracked into the top 25 in the rankings this week. Longwood beat Florida State and Lehigh beat Alabama. Now, I like to to frame it this way, too. Maryland beat them, you know, Longwood won, Lehigh won, because I want to give winners the credit. It's not just that Alabama lost or that Florida State lost or Oklahoma State or Oregon lost. It's that those teams beat them, right? So just giving them that credit. And we all know. The best team in February is not the best team in June. You're not even the same team in February as you are in June. That's something Lonnie Alameda said to us last season when she was on the show. And it's true year in and year out. And then for individual players too, Peyton St. George, last week she talked about how the road to being an All-American starts 
long before the list is announced in May. You know, it's already started in the fall and it's going to continue to develop these next four months. So with that being said, we also learned that Oklahoma is human. They went eight innings with Liberty and they won on a throwing error, right? So it's not like it was their big bats like it usually is. They could have easily lost to Washington as well. And they won not by run ruling every single game, which Patty Gasso said is actually a good thing because it helps them get better more than just playing five inning games does like they did last year. And, you know, in in some of the preseason media press stuff that she did, you know, she said the three-peat's a little bit premature to be talking about. And I think that's because that is the championship mindset, which is not taking anything for granted. And it's constantly evolving and getting better. And, you know, Jordy Ball's hair color is not the only thing that's changed. The blonde also um, turned brunette is hitting in the lineup this season, too. So there are still adjustments being made, even when you're at the top of your craft. As we know, the transfer portal has been more active than ever but one that flew under the radar maybe a little bit that I wanted to call out just as an example of good things happening. At UCF, Jasmine Williams, and people may know her as Jazz Seavers doing all the TikTok videos with Haley Cruz back when she played at Oregon. I actually got to cover her when she was at Oregon on Pac-12 Network. Even last year, it was on Mother's Day, and her husband and her son were in the stands uh, at Stanford, and it was her last Pac-12 series ever. So now seeing her Finishing out her eligibility at UCF, she made a diving catch behind third base. She's back in the infield playing shortstop, and she hit her first home run as a knight. So it just, for me, it feels good to see a player develop when you see their journey, especially when one has been through a lot, and it seems like they're thriving now. So wanted to call that out. The Knights, as we know, are going to the Big 12 next year. OU and Texas are actually leaving for the SEC sooner than expected after the 2023-2024 academic year. So there'll be a year of overlap there but some rotations going on in terms of conferences. Second thing is coaching milestones. It was kind of cool to see a few of these announcements just over the weekend. It's, it's funny because we barely started season, but yet there have already been some milestones that we've hit. So for example, Utah's Amy Hogue hit 600 wins. By the way, they also turned another triple play just like they did last year, which you know is epic. We talked to Amy Hogue about it last season. Trisha Ford, has 400 overall wins now as a head coach, and she got her first wins at Texas A&M this weekend. Bonnie Thole, for example, her first win as a head coach at Michigan. Been part of that program for so long, but this time, head coaching position, getting those Ws. So just exciting to see those things underway already in season. And then third, pitching. You know, there were plenty of games with a lot of runs. Arizona had five run rule wins, for crying out loud. But I do feel like pitching also had a moment in this opening weekend. You know, Nicole May at Oklahoma, she had ice in her veins against UW. You know, OU can win in other ways. That is what they have shown us. It doesn't just have to be the long ball. Sydney Sickles is now the standalone leader in career strikeouts at Illinois. There were freshmen, too. The freshies, Stanford's Nigel Kennedy and UCLA's Taylor Tinsley, both threw no hitters in their first weekends as college softball players. And for Tinsley... Only the second person in program history to do that in her first start. The last one being our friend Amanda Freed. And it actually would have been a perfect game if not for catcher's interference. So just keeping in mind how awesome that is. She was the freshman of the week in the Pac-12. And actually Megan Faremo, her bullpen mate beside her through her fifth no-hitter of her career. Maya Brady just had a monster weekend with 10 consecutive hits to help her pitchers out. So you got the national and Pac-12 player of the week with her. And then you also have the Bruins sweeping just the conference weekly awards for player, pitcher, and freshman with Faremo 
and Tinsley. And Tinsley and Framo's proud pitching coach and someone who knows a thing or two about no hitters is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. I am thrilled about today's guest. She is a three-time Olympic gold medalist, USA Softball and UCLA Hall of Famer, four-time first-team All-American, two-time NCAA national champion as a player, five times as a coach, and the Bruins' current associate head coach, the GOAT, Lisa Fernandez. (laughs) Lisa, thank you for joining. I'm super, super excited about this. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, having me on. And uh, wow, what an intro, man. It's crazy. I know. Isn't it, and it's like I could have kept going, you know, and I, I've had some other people on where they're like, wow, thanks for the reminder. I kind of forgot all the things that I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, you know, I've been blessed and just been very fortunate. Um, it was never about, uh, it was just about competing. And so sometimes when I, when I think back, it's, you know, this game is so tough, right. And, and to be able to play it and to be fortunate to have the athletes that I had, I came at the right time. Um, and I was at the right place. So it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And I think that attitude is part of the reason why, you know, I've mentioned this on this show before, but now I actually get to say it to you that the only time that I've ever been starstruck in my life is when I met you when I was around 10 years old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> story and a bad story, because please don't say how old you are now. And you know, that might give people a glimpse of, you know, no, I, I really appreciate that. You know, I, I just think that, um, you know, when I think where I came from and, and my dad, you know, being Cuban and, and my mom, Puerto Rican and and then coming over and, um, you know, it was just always about just, you know, playing with your heart and, and playing with your gut. And, you know, my dad was very competitive and, and so was my mom. Very two two very, very different, you know, personalities. You know, my mom definitely more stoic and more logical and my dad more emotional, but, um, yeah, it was just about opportunity, you know, and, and they always put me in the right opportunity. They always, you know, had me be challenged and, um, you know, it paid off, you know, just in terms of their, you know, unwavering support. Yeah. Well, that's always gonna, it's like your team before you ever had a softball team really (laughs) in reality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, like I said, time and place, right to be able to, yeah. to be at the right time, right place, and just fortunate. Yeah. Well, and time and place when I, just to give you more background on the story, when I actually did meet you, um, I won't say what year it was. Yeah, don't but, say that. <laughs> for both of our sakes, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I actually went to, UCLA was hosting a clinic and just an alumni game. I didn't mm-hmm. attend the clinic as, um, as someone participating and going through all the drills, but I did stop by the clinic before the game with some of my teammates and things. And that's when we actually got to meet you. And that's the first time, like I said, where I actually met someone and I just didn't say anything. And my friend's like, she's really excited to meet you. (laughs) Um, And I actually still, to this day, I found it like leading up to this conversation for those on video, they'll be able to see it. The autograph. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And it says it has your name and then it says to Jenna and it says, go for it. And I feel like, going forward is sort of a theme for you, just what your career has been as a player, as a coach, as everything. Yeah. I think I I learned early. I think I got my first break. Um, You know, if I can, if I can look back and, you know, there's certain instances in your life where they could be game changing, right? People you meet, coaches that you have the opportunity to be coached by, 
situations where you could have gone left and instead you went right. And it, you know, although all the sense in the world was to go left, but you went right. Um, you know, obviously with good information and, and good intent and, you know, I was on a travel ball team and, um, we were playing against a team called the Gordon's Panthers and, and, you know, the team I was on, I w- wasn't really considered to be one of the pitchers, but, you know, for whatever reason, coach decided to throw me and, and not throw, you know, the go-tos on, on the team. And, you know, although we won, I mean, sorry, although we lost, we lost one to nothing. And it was after that game that uh, the legendary you know, Larry Mays, who's a Hall of Famer, you know, asked me to, to be a part of his program. And, you know, that changed my career, right? It, it you know, he was a guy that, you know, loved the game of softball, but not only the physical aspects, but the mental aspects and, and just truly took me under his wing and, and not only taught me, but, but really that group of athletes that I was a part of growing up, you know, many of them are, are collegiate coaches now, you know, and, and so it's really cool to see just the impact that he had on the game and specifically me and my career. And, and that's one of the things that I think about, I'm like, man, what would have happened if I didn't get that opportunity? Uh, although I was probably supposed to get crushed, right? <laughs> Cause here I am, you know, throwing against the top team. And although I didn't have moving pitches, which that's kind of the thing, right? Everybody's got five, six, eight moving pitches. You know, I, I didn't have any, but boy, I could locate like no other, you know, up and in, down and in, up and out, down and out. And that was my mom who spent the countless hours on the bucket, you know, catching me in my backyard. So, um, yeah, that was a game changer in terms of taking me out on a different path where it truly challenged me both, you know, physically and mentally and as far as how much I love this game and, and just have something for this game. Yeah. And it's crazy how one coach or one opportunity can make such a big difference. Cause you also had at one point, as everyone knows the story, a coach tell you like, oh, you don't have like the the arm length to be a pitcher, the size, the build, all that stuff. And obviously that meant nothing in, in the yeah. long run in your career. Well, I mean, you know, actually, it, 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 I guess I'm, I'm definitely, you understand a lot about people, just people work differently, right? You know, and I'm definitely someone that's motivated by the challenges of what people don't think I can do. And, you know, probably instilled by my parents once again, because it was my mom and, you know, who was like, that's not going to be, <laughs> that's not going to define you. You know, we're not going to let people tell you what you can or cannot do. And we're going to have to work harder. And, you know, early on, it instilled that mentality, right? And, you know, she was willing to go through the grind with me. My dad was willing to go through the grind with me. And, you know, it was shortly after that is, you know, when I met Larry Mays. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been a motivating factor throughout my career. And even to the point where, you know, when I was told I wouldn't make it past the age of, you know, whatever it was, 12 or 13, boy, on that day, I was looking up like, where are you? You know what I mean? Like it was an everyday motivating factor that, that encouraged me to do more and to give more and, you know, to leave no stone unturned. And and that's literally how I pursue life. Right. It's like, don't do what you can today, tomorrow. And, you know, when it comes down to it, figure out a way. Right. And if you're going to go down, you're going to go down fighting. And so, you know, to me, that's things that are instilled at you at an early age. And thank God my mom wasn't oh my God, we got to go, you know, go to, you know, it's like, no, we can do this. You know, it's not gonna be easy, but we're going to do it. And so, yeah, I I should probably thank him for allowing me to, to have the career I had because it was a constant reminder of, you know, not letting down my guard. 
Yeah. And it feels like you truly never let down your guard. Like everybody should already know this, but just to put this in perspective, everyone that listens to the show knows that I love pitchers who hit, hitters who pitch, whatever you want to call it. It's my favorite. I also, that was me growing up. So that's also why you were um, such an inspiration. Let's go. So that's something I love about UCLA as well, because that's such a legacy that you guys have always had. But just for, for context for people, I think I read an article actually, and they described it perfectly. It was like when she was pitching, it was almost impossible to get a hit off her. And when she was hitting, it was almost impossible to get her out. Like that's how they <laughs> described you. But I, people need to understand like the eliteness for both sides of the ball and also fielding. People forget you played third and all that stuff too. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it was funny growing up. My mom was like, hey, if you want to play, you got to hit. I mean, they'll find a place for you. If you can hit, you'll play. And so I, I didn't just want to be a pitcher. And so I'm like, Ooh, I better be able to swing my stick. So, um, yeah, I didn't know any different. Right. It was like, I just wanted to win. And if it wasn't me in the circle, then that girl better be darn good if she beat me out. And, and therefore I'm going to score the, the winning RBI. Let's go. But it, it was about winning and whichever way I could contribute. And I always put it in per- into perspective. Like if I were on the mound, like who would I want behind me? You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to be yeah. that girl. You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm the man, I want a defender that's gritty, that's, you know, not going to let a ball get through, that's going to make plays. Well, by God, I better be that girl, you know, yep. for the pitcher that's in the circle and, and vice versa. You know, what kind of hitting team did I want? Well, I wanted people that were scrappy, that wanted to put the ball in play, that wanted to figure out how to be able to beat that girl in the circle. And and then obviously on the mound. So, um, yeah, I mean, just fortunate, blessed that, you know, once again, it was people that encouraged that, right? Because a lot of people put limits on what people are. You know, you're only a pitcher. You you only can play this position instead of opening it up. You never know what you can achieve unless you open up your mind to the, all the opportunities. Yeah, and I love that at the time, I think, well, not Pac-12 at the time, maybe Pac-10 or yeah. so, but you had Don't said that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. I'll throw myself under the bus as well. I also played in the Pac-10, so we'll we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, but, that's good. <laughs> but you wanted to be like player of the week and pitcher of the week, and you did that, you know, and, and that's sort of transcended, I think, just with UCLA since then um, with you as a coach as well. Obviously, you think of people like Megan Langenfeld, Rachel Garcia from recent years, but then even like Amanda Freed, who when I had her on the show, I asked her about sort of pitching and hitting. And I was like, you know, why? Why did you want to do it? She's like, I just think I would have been so bored if I only <laughs> did one thing. And I was like, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty cool when I think about, you know, the Ali Cardas, the Courtney Dales, who have literally won games on, you know, and obviously Rachel Garcia, you know, even the most recent in terms of what she was able to do at the college world series, you know, against Washington, holding them for 10 and then, you know, hitting off a walk-off, you know, home yeah. run. I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, those are incredible opportunities to realize the impact that you have on a game. And I don't know if it's a control thing or, but I just think it's really cool. I'm like, geez, did you just see what you did in the circle? But then to be able to get it done at the plate. I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, it's just, to yeah. me, it's just athleticism, right? It's about being able yeah. to contribute in, in so many different ways. Yeah. Would you have considered yourself a pitcher who hit or a hitter who pitched? Man, that's a good question, right? Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, I just would have considered myself a ball player. I mean, that's it. It's throw me wherever you need it. I mean, at the end of the day, if 
you needed a shortstop, I, I would have played short. If you needed a first baseman, I would have played first. You need someone in center, let's go. I mean, I even wanted to go behind the plate, but I, I you know, the fingers were too valuable in case it got yeah. a tip that I, I, I never really got that opportunity. I think I played one time when I was younger and I blocked the plate and they're like, that's it. You're done. Never mind. <laughs> you're, you're not playing that position. So, um, yeah, I think I'm just a ball player. I, I don't really think I'm, I'm either one, you know, it, yeah. I'm, I'm not one without the other. Yeah. I almost think not that there is a right answer, but that feels like the right answer. <laughs> and actually Amanda Fried said something similar. She was like, I just think I, I'm, I was an athlete, you know, like that's how I feel. And I think that's when you truly are a, a versatile player is when you don't necessarily see one above the other. And I, like I said, I see that in what you're doing now too, as a coach that you're able to work with players like Rachel Garcia, like some of these other folks who have worn UCLA across their chest, who also have that kind of versatility. And by the way, congratulations on being promoted to associate head coach. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's a title, but to me, it's, it's doesn't change what I do or, or who I am. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a gym rat. So it's, it's one of those, you know, places where my office is, you know, on the field, on the diamond. And, you know, I'm blessed to be able to work with some really talented athletes and, and KI or coach Kelly, our, our, our head coach, um, you know, gives me the autonomy to be able to, to not only work with the pitchers, but to have a hand in, you know, the defense, to have a hand in, you know, the hitting and, and being able to be a resource to the girls. I mean, it's cool not to have to be limited. I guess maybe that's kind of my MO is not to be limited in a box when it comes to the game of softball with just, you know, the passion that I have for the overall, you know, sport. Yep. And I've heard a little bit about champ camps. (laughs) Uh, When Rachel Garcia came on the show, she definitely told me all about it. And um, it sounds what I would have imagined something that like Lisa Fernandez does uh, or has in her repertoire to like prepare for hard games. So for those that are listening, would you explain what a champ camp is? Yeah. Champ camp is, you know, it was brought into play because, you know, there's only so much work we can do in the bullpen, you know, in your arm, you know, it's really important as we start getting into a season, um, overthrowing, um, fatigue, all those things. And it's really easy to play your, your way really out of shape. You know, when you think about the number of ball games that we play. Um, so how do you utilize, you know, the time? How do you, you know, utilize the energy that you're going to expend and, and make it the most valuable? So, you know, champ camps originally came up because they're supposed to replicate basically innings one through seven. And then when we go to the bullpen, it, it's now the focus is we're going to win, you know, innings, you know, eight, nine, 10. And, and if we have to go 11 or 12. And so that's kind of the theory behind the champ camp is, is to really, um, you know, cause the body to exert a massive amount of energy in a short period of time without, you know, taking a toll on, on the arm and, you know, the forearm and, and actually going through the pitching, you know, sequence to be able to do that. You know, I don't want my pitchers to go into a bullpen and, and throw 300 pitches to emulate what it's like to throw a 12 inning game or, you know, to go back to back and, and all that stuff. But I can do the same thing by, taxing them physically and then now get in the bullpen and give me solid 50, 60, maybe a hundred pitches even, um, you know, depending on how they feel and mentally to me, that's what's important. I mean, there's a physicality to the game, but at the end of the day, these guys are all physical. You know, the separator is, 
is what our mentality is and the belief that we have in what we're capable of doing. And so how powerful the mind is super important, you know, and, and we stress that a lot uh, to be able to overcome, you know, it's not easy, a, a college season you've, you've been through it and it's even, it's even more demanding now, you know, the parody yeah. is definitely widened in, in terms and it's gotten greater. It's been great for the game, you know, but when you look at, you know, top 10 teams, top 25 teams, shoot, you look at every team, you know, on paper. Yeah. May look, wow, they're going to win. But when it comes down to playing the game on the field, you don't, you don't know. Right. Yeah. And so you got to be on your A game and to be able to do that for, you know, it's kind of funny when I was on the Olympic tour and we were playing 60 games and some crazy 30 days. I mean, it was something ridiculous. I'm like, wow, I know what it's like to be a major league baseball player, you know, yeah. to literally wake up, play a game, travel after the game, get ready the next day, play another game and literally going from city to city. And so it's the college game is not exactly like that, but it's, it's intensive. I mean, when you think of games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you travel back home, you're at, you know, they've got school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with practices, and then they travel Thursday. And then it's sometimes there's a midweek game. And so there, there is a physical toll. And so the mind has to be prepared, you know, to be able to handle that and to know that they're prepared to be able to endure whatever circumstances might be presented to them at any time, you know, when they're competing. And so for me, champ camp is, is a great way to be able to simulate that um, with all the positive aspects of correlating to what they do on the mound um, and to keep them going and to keep them in shape to handle whole right. season. Well, and we talk a lot about how you can't really replicate game reps, but you can train, you know, and you can prepare yourself. And so that's why I think champ camps are so interesting. And by the way, when I had coach Kelly, I on here, she did tell me, I think it was before champ camp that you had sent out a, a text to the pitchers. Like you had already got your workout in, you took a photo of it and was like, Hey guys, I already beat you today. So you better be ready for champ camp. <laughs> and I think it was Megan Framo. She said that was like, well, uh, you know, now I'm ready <laughs> after that. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to have fun with them. I mean, they, it, I, to be honest, it's, it's a blessing, right? It keeps me young at heart. Um, you know, as you know, there are days when we can choose to not be motivated and there are days that sometimes we got to get ourselves going, you know, and, and I'll send out a text and I'll, Hey guys, guess what? I kicked my own butt today. Let's go. You know what I mean? And, and so sometimes, you know, you have to make that choice and, and thank God I have a Megan Faremo who is just beast mode when it comes to the effort and the time that she puts into you know, that part of her, you know, the training. And so it's, I have a good time with her, you know, I'm like, Megan, man, I need you keep me accountable. Like, let's go. It's easy for me to get caught up and, you know, I have a family, I have two kids and, and I could be, oh, be great to just sit on the couch, but nope, <laughs> let's go. I got to be good for you guys. I got to be ready to throw some BP. So keep me, keep me accountable. So it's fun. It's a good relationship. And, and they know that I understand the stresses that they're, they're, they're being asked to do and they trust that it's all for the right reasons. Yeah. Well, and that was the other part of it too, that Kelly, I mentioned that I found so interesting is she talked to me about the Lisa Fernandez stat, which you talk a lot about mentality. And to me, this is an example of that where the way she explained it was, you know, if you, if you give up a hit and somebody gets on base, the stat, the Lisa Fernandez stat is really like the next person should be out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you come back from from something like that. And really the stat is like, how often can you do that? And um, it's funny because I was like, well, how does she feel about, you know, something being called the Lisa Fernandez stat when she's, you know, you're still around, <laughs> like you're on the coaching staff. Um, but I think like that sort of mentality to your point really is the difference maker. Yeah, it's about momentum. You know, part of our game is momentum. And so, you know, you give up a hit and, you know, really it's even smaller than that. It's, you know, what, what is, what is the sign of the next pitch? You know, you give up a hit and all of a sudden you throw a ball in the dirt. Well, I mean, obviously that says something, right. And so to me, aura and presence and, and all those things are part of that mental, you know, part, right. There's a little bit of psychological warfare. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, how are you going to command? And so, you know, for our pitchers and, and really, you know, in this game, it's about how you respond. Right. And, you know, what kind of pitch do you deliver? Do you, you know, shy away from the zone or are you going after the zone? Right. And, you know, to me, that's, you know, I, we talk about it as a pitching staff, we're going to be offensively aggressive right now. Hmm. The way we train is, you know, we like to be able to throw moving pitches through the zone and, you know, with good location, good movement, good velo, good things are going to happen. Right. I mean, you, you obviously there's strategic parts to the game, but at the end of the day, it's about presence and it's about yeah. if we're going to go down, we're going to go down, you know, leaving it out on the field. Right. We're not going to sh- you know, shy away from any challenge. Um, and, you know, we're never look, we're never losing. You, you're either winning or you're learning. And so we rather, you know, figure these things out early. That's why we play a, a tough schedule. And that's why, you know, we ask our pitchers to command the zone, give our offense an opportunity to, to have our back and as well as our defense, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It's fun to be able to have those challenges and and to see if you can overcome. I've heard you say before. This makes me think of this. If you're not mentally fatigued by the end of the game, you haven't given it everything you have. And yeah, wow, I, where'd you hear that from? You do your research. I do my research. I know people. I think who was I interviewing? Rhonda Ravel, the head coach at Nebraska, and she was like, "Are you stalking me?" <laughs> like, no, I'm doing my research, you know, just like you would as a player, you're preparing, right? (laughs) Yeah, very true. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, there's an interesting, um, you know, dialogue about thinking, right? You know, I I don't want to think, you know, when I play and, you know, to me, it's, you know, when you're thinking the wrong things, you're right. You don't want to think. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. you are correct. But, you know, when you are actually in the zone and you can actually see what's going on, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, your thoughts are clear. You know what you're doing. You have intent. And, and to me, that's the thinking part of it is what is your intent, you know? And, yeah. Um, as we like to say, you know, we like to be proactive, you know, this is what I'm going to do, you know, runner at third base, up at the plate. this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm looking to do this. I'm looking to you know, either hit a sack fly or runner at second base. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm on the mound, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And so there's a process, right? I mean, you know, to me, pitching is, is similar to golf, right? Mm. It's the replication as in golf, it's being able to repeat, you know, balls on a tee, you can, yeah. you know, if you can make a swing and, and replicate that swing over and over and over again, and everything is exact, you should get the same result. And those players that can do that more often than others tend to be the better ones, you know, yeah. especially under pressure, right? Because we all know that when 
when it's on the line and you add more value to any one shot or, or any one pitch, this all of a sudden comes into play and now we lose senses and, you know, things don't work as smoothly. So, you know, under pressure, can you make all things be equal, right? Mm-hmm. Add no value to any one shot, add no value to any one pitch and still be able to replicate what you're doing. And so, you know, to me, there is an awareness. And I think that to me is what thinking is, is being aware. Are you aware of the situations? Are you aware of who is at the plate? Are you aware? Now, is there a detrimental? Yes, you can go way overboard. Oh my God, that's the first wrong. (laughs) That can't happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Then, yeah, then it's a bad thing. But yeah, you should be mentally fatigued because you should be knowing what you're doing. You should be proactive in the things that you want to do. Um, And then ultimately be aware. You should have feel. You should have those senses to be able to make sure that you can replicate spins and and movements and all the things that you are required to do if you're going to deliver the best pitches possible on a consistent basis. That's your long-winded answer to your question. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good one, though, because I think a lot of this goes into the process, you know, like how you approach things to allow yourself to have that mentality and physicality in the moment, you know, and your dedication to the process really stands out. And people have have called you intense. Do you feel like that's accurate? Do you think you're that way? Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I, I've I've grown and evolved as I've gotten older. Um, you know, as as a player, I didn't know any different, right? Because I only knew one way. You know, and I think I grew up like that. You know, like. I mean, really young, you know, my mom grew up in New York and so she would play, you know, they, they would, they had limited space, right? So she would make up games, you know, with her, with her, her brother, my uncle, and, you know, they would play on the stoop and they would throw the ball up against the wall and and play how many could, you know, who could catch the most and was it with your left hand? Was it with your, I mean, she was just very creative and, and she would do the same with me. And so you know, one time I, I think I was playing and I, and I tried to like cut a corner and, you know, throw it just, and she's like, if you're not going to play the right way, we're not playing. And I was like, mm. man, you know, and if I, you know, if I didn't play at my highest level, we're not playing. There's only one way you play and that's the right way. And that's with full intent, you know? And so I just think I grew up like that. Right. And so I didn't know any other way of, you know, taking a pitch off or, you know, any of that. So that was just kind of the mindset that I had, you know, learned early on. I mean, you know, one of my fondest memories with my mom is, you know, playing ping pong and we used to do that a lot. And uh, obviously she was, she was better than me, but she would put lines on my side that were in tighter so that she had less area and it would make it more competitive so that, you know, she had to hit the ball closer to me, you know, otherwise it would be out. And so, you know, she would do things like that to, to make it equal, but to force me to still be able to compete and, and to play. And so I never, I never thought someone bigger than me was better than me. I never thought someone older than me was better than me. It was just, I'm going to compete, you know? And, and so, yeah, I guess I probably am a little bit intense. Um, uh, not just because it's just how I've grown up and, you know, having that attention to detail is, is something that, if you're going to do it, you might as well not waste time. I mean, that's kind of my mentality. Like I tell the girls, I mean, if you're going to go lift, like why waste time? I mean, just yeah. <laughs> you're going to be there anyways. You might as well get the, the the most out of it. They're like, 
good point, coach. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they get after it and they realize it. Like, you know, why, go, why do anything halfway? I mean, you might as well not even do it. I mean, there's, there's obviously other things that you would prefer to do. Anything right. other than just doing your all is really just wasting time. So I'm, I'm, I like, I guess I like to be time efficient. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, sometimes intensity may get a little bit of a certain connotation to it, but it, doesn't have, I don't think it has to be defined in a way that's like, oh, they're really difficult or tough. Like that intensity could just mean like you're saying like full dedication to something. Yeah. I think, you know, to me, intensity would be an attention to detail, right? It's a focus. It's an intent. I don't think intensity is anger or frustration. If, you know, something isn't executed, you know, all of a sudden, wow, they're intense. They just threw their glove because they, you know, dropped a ball. Oh, to me, that's, you know, intensity to me is hit me another, but hit it, you know, four inches out of my reach. And let me see if I can dive for it. Like, you know, to me, that's someone that's intense, like, man, they're in, they're locked in. Um, I don't think it has to do anything with attitude or, you know, being rough or being, you know, overly aggressive. It's just, I guess it's just the attention to detail. Yeah. And it's that mentality you're talking about, like being mentally fatigued, that only comes with a certain level of intensity of you being fully locked in. And I I think Sue Inquist said it about you, even as a a player, she felt like you had like a coach's curiosity because you could see the game before the game even developed, like you said, being prepared for what's going to come. And you're sort of that engineer of the game, which obviously lends itself well to you transitioning now for a long time from being a player to a coach. Yeah, I think I have a, I, I don't know. I think, you know, people are, you know, God bless me with maybe not the greatest physical tools because I'm definitely not the biggest, tallest, fastest by any means, but I do have a mentality for it. I do have a vision for it. I do have a creativity for it. I can see plays. I can see things. Um, it's very clear, almost common sense, like in terms of rationally what would occur if I did a B is going to happen. I'm ready to, to make that play. Um, yeah. I mean, just being around it, like I said, you know, having Larry Mays who, who taught us the deeper part of the game, not just do this, but why you do and, mm-hmm. and to answer all those reasons. Why, why does this occur? You know, when you throw this pitch, this is the tendency that most, this is the reason why you would want to throw this pitch, not just throw it, but this is the reason why you would want to throw it. Mm-hmm. And if they did hit it, this would be the reason this would occur. Like this is the most, and if it didn't happen, then you probably shouldn't have thrown that, you know, that pitch, (laughs) you know, if they end up hitting it hard, then you shouldn't have thrown that pitch, but either they're going to miss it or they're going to miss hit it. And if they do, this is the location it's going to go. You know, I mean, he always right away into a deeper level and I could understand it made sense to me. It's very, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty logical person, you know? Yeah. Um, if A happens, B should occur. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, but if not, I'm also ready for plan C, D, and E, which is, I'm sure you probably heard that I'm a plan A, B, C, D, E kind of person. So <laughs> prepare for all scenarios. Well, and that translates across pitching, hitting, fielding. Like there are certain things that the mentality is the same. Obviously, you have to switch gears a little bit between, you know, what exactly your task is at the time. But how did you sort of manage that as such a versatile player? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of tricky at times, right? It it always seemed like when I was on fire in the circle, I would always, oh man, hitting is kind of 
hard, you know? And, <laughs> and then when I was on fire and, and the ball was looking like a beach ball when I'm in the box, I'd be like, Ooh, man, pitching is kind of hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I really had to learn how to separate myself and, and almost be like third person, you know, and, and Lisa Fernandez as a hitter, thank God doesn't have to face Lisa Fernandez as a pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So I had to kind of make that separation. You know, there's, there's no pitcher in the game in my head. I always wanted it to be different. Like, you know, once again, you obviously know that if you tell me I can't do something, chances are it's, it's going to occur. And so, um, you know, I never wanted to be that pitcher that was one dimensional, you know, oh, there's pitchers, they, they can't do, they can't throw, you know, four quality pitches. They're always one pitch dominant. I'm like, Mm-mm, forget that. That's not happening. You know, I'm going to learn how to throw to all quadrants, you know, how to have multiple pitches that I could throw in a 2-2 count or a 2-2-0 count, right? And I also yeah. utilize my ability to hit to also make me a better pitcher. You know, what's my mentality at the plate? I'd be like, okay, as a pitcher, how am I going to beat that mentality? Okay, that I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared and I'm going to have multiple different pitches so that no pitcher, you know, no hitter can sit on me. And then vice versa, you know, as a hitter, I'm like, hmm, I better work on this, this, and this, because from a pitcher's perspective, that's how I would get, you know, some of the best hitters out. So I think being both made each one better individually, but I also had to understand how to separate the two so that I could stay confident in both areas, you know, in real right. life, Lisa Fernandez as a pitcher never faces the hitter and, and right. not go on that roller coaster. So Early on, there was a little bit of a an, an interesting roller coaster ride, but I, I learned how to how to do that. Um, fortunately, which allowed me to be as successful as I was, you know, as a hitter and as a pitcher as I played. And then, obviously, defensively, I didn't want to be the uh, the reason why we didn't win. So yeah. I wanted to be the best darn defender I could be for that person in the circle and make plays. And so I remember, and, and now that I think about it, like God, I must have given my coaches heart attacks because. <laughs> Some of the things that I did, I I played not with reckless abandon, but I played fearlessly. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd leg out triples and, and I'd go in head first and, and not even think about the fact that I was pitching, you know, and, yeah. and diving. And I mean, I remember, you know, being on tour and I had one of my coaches and it was just a routine. I'm very routine based. And, um, you know, one of my routines, I had this vision that. You know, I always like to work on my weaknesses because I think those are the things that are going to show up in, in, in the worst times. So want to be prepared. Mm. And I was never great. I was good at a backhand, but, you know, not as strong as my forehand. So before games, he would throw me 25 to 50, just tossed balls in the five, six hole right in front of the dugout. And I would dive mm. just preparing for that play. Like I, at the Olympics, I'm going to get this play. And there's going to be a runner at third and I'm going to have to get up and, and they're going to do a hit and run because, you know, the Chinese and, and the Japanese, that's kind of their style of play. Very aggressive. I'm going to have to yeah. come up with this five, six ball, get up, switch my feet. And I'm going to have to throw a you know, rocket right right on the tag side, knee high because it's a hit and run. And so I've been visualizing this play and I'm do, I'm practicing it. You know, and when I think about that now, I'm like, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine my pitchers diving, you know, 50 <laughs> times before every game without the fear of, of them being hurt, you know, but that wasn't my mentality, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I can't limit my athletes. You got to let them play. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, when you, when you're fearful, it, it happens, but 
you know, most coaches don't want to hear that, but I'm just saying I I must've given mine a heart attack because (laughs) I never thought of injury. And like I said, I played and dove and ran. And so I'm, I, yeah, I would have a heart attack if my pitchers or my fielders were, (laughs) had that mentality. I'd be like, Oh my God, what are you doing? But I mean, it's part of the game, right? I mean, it's, I just love to play. Well, I remember Kelly, I saying that a little bit about Megan Framo last year, meaning we were all excited, right. To see her, her hit a little bit more. And then I, I remember her hitting the, I think the, her home run ball must've got out in like less than two seconds. It just oh. hit the scoreboard. Right. right. And we're Power all excited. Like she's, right. Yeah. And we're, we're all excited. And she's like, well, I know, but you know, I need her in the circle yeah. too. So I just, we got to be careful. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Well, it, trust me, I, there's some good Megan stories. I, I can't even tell you, but there are some really good <laughs> Megan stories, but yeah, she, she tried to slide one time and it was like, Oh mm, no, we, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not, <laughs> it was a little struggle, we sat there, but it was, it was, you know, unconventional, let's say. And so yeah. I think that's what kind of, you know, struck a little bit of that. Oh shoot. Maybe this might not be, um, yeah, this might be interesting. So, <laughs> but you gotta love the the effort. You gotta love that she wants to do it. Oh, I mean, Megan is yeah, she's one of a kind. I mean, to be able to see her like love for it, and she loves what she does, and she enjoys it, and she wants the challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. And and she steps right up, you know. I mean, she'll tow it and she'll be ready to battle in it at any time. And so, you know, if we ask her to be at the plate, she's all about it. And she's, you know, you could see that smile, you know, she's running the bases. Oh coach, this is what I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, Megan, just go base to base. You're fine. You know, <laughs> no coach, I could go first to third. I know I can. I'm like, Oh, I have no doubt, but just saying, you know? So yeah, she's pretty amazing. I think the ability though, to consistently have that kind of culture with UCLA that's that's like I said, one of the things I love about UCLA and love about covering the program is just from like I said, you to Amanda Freed to Megan Langenfeld to Rachel Garcia, Megan, all of these it's it's a consistent thing that has lasted over the years. And that has to go back to recruiting. And thank goodness that you're on the staff because I know that that's a big part of what you do. And this is, I think, if I did the math right, 34 years you've been part of the Bruin family as a player, as a coach, all of it together. So you're definitely a bridge. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's family, right? I mean, I've had some, some difficult times in in my life and, and to always know that not, you have your immediate family, but you also have your Bruin family and, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to have both those aspects, you know, and, and to have that support and especially as an athlete, you know, some people don't understand, you know, they, they, not that it's ever understood as being an easy game, mm-hmm. but, you know, anybody, uh, there's a quote, you know, I think it's Theodore Roosevelt. It's called man and, you know, man in the arena. And mm. it's so true. You know, people are so easy to judge and, and to criticize and, ah, why'd she do this? Or, you know, bubble. And it's like, until you get your toes in that box, until you actually get on that rubber and, and, and until you take the feel and understand all the dynamics that go on in this game, it's, it's tough, you know, and, and some of it is visible, you know, and some of it is not. And 
you know, this is a game of failure. And so, you know, to have people who understand that, you know, who have people who support, you know, truly what it takes to be vulnerable. And to me, that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, to be great, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to go places no one else has ever gone, to be in an uncomfortable area in order to progress and to move forward. You know, if you stay in your comfort zone, you're pretty much going to stay who you are. And to me, that's, you know, what we look for. We look for those athletes. We look for those players that want to go outside their comfort zone, that, that want to achieve more than they thought they could achieve. And, you know, there are some athletes that maybe I believe that they can do more and, and they have a trust. You, you really think I can do that coach? Absolutely. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I believe you can do it and I'll be right by you the whole way. And, you know, we'll, we'll just one step at a time, we'll just get closer and closer. And so, you know, to know that you have like-minded people that understand that drive, that understand that passion, that have that ability to want to go outside that, that comfort zone. And with that cons, you know, vulnerability, and then ultimately there has to be a trust, right? That you can fail and get picked up and get supported and, and encouraged. Awesome. Boom. Let's go. What did we learn yeah. from that? How are we going to move forward? How are we going to prevent that from happening again? What do we need to do? Let's set a plan. And, you know, there's a comfort in that, right? And there's a, um, like an ability to get you to become resilient because you know, you're in a safe place where it's fostered and it's encouraged. And, you know, so to me, there is no place like that, right. Where you can literally know that the people right, left, front and behind have your back, you know, yeah. through all your trials and tribulations of life. Right. And, and they're there to support it because they know, and they trust um, who you are and the character that you have. Yeah. Your players definitely seem to have, a strong and authentic trust in you. And they openly will just call you the goat. I think they even, <laughs> uh, did I see them playing like pin the tail on the goat and it's like yeah. your face, you know, on oh my the wall. God, they're crazy. These guys are crazy. <laughs> I'm like, unbelievable. You guys. I'm like, yeah. I mean, trust me, Christmas and you know, the, the white elephant gifts. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're great. And, and I hope they know that. And you know, that's, that's part that's, you know, a little bit of the thing that we, we have to get over is, you know, especially the freshmen, you know, they, they see me and, you know, there's a name obviously attached to who I am and, and I'm past that. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. Lisa Fernandez, the, the athlete did her thing, you know, now I, I almost look at it like a different person, right now I'm, I'm Lisa Fernandez, the coach. And, mm -hmm. you know, my job is to do one thing and that's to help you be great, you know, and all that you're capable and all your dreams it's not about me as an athlete. That person went full circle, did some amazing things. And, you know, people ask Lisa, do you want to play? I'm like, no, there's nothing about me that wants to move fast. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. You know, every now and then I may get like a little, you know, wild moment and try and move and challenge some of them defensively. And I'm like, ah, that's good. I can do five, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's about them. And I, and I hope they feel that. I hope that there's, you know, a, a belief in, you know, to me, the hope is a huge thing, right? I mean, if you have the thought that it's possible, I mean, that's big. And so to me, that's always what we're shooting for. The possibilities are endless if we just allow ourselves to be open 
to what we could do. We never know. So why even set a ceiling if there's no need? Hmm. Is that what you hope comes out of people calling you the goat? You know, like, what do you hope you're not, there's no avoiding it at this point. We know that. Oh, when you see or hear people do that. I mean, I'm just honored. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I don't take it lightly, you know, and, and I hope that when I played, people knew I was playing for them. I mean, there wasn't a minute that I wasn't on that field that I didn't want to make somebody proud. And that's to me how I played, you know, I wanted, you know, especially representing, I've always been proud of who I've represented, you know, and I, once again, probably family, you know, my parents, you know, my dad coming over from Cuba, very honored to be here in the U S and he was very prideful, you know what I mean? And, and it was about who you represent and whether it was my high school team or whether it was UCLA, I only knew one way. And that was to be prideful of who you wear the uniform for. And so, you know, I never wanted to disappoint. That's probably a huge, just internal thing of who I am, you know, is I never want to disappoint people. So always looking to uphold the standard and, and, you know, if anything, I always wanted to make people go, that's really cool that she did that. You know what I mean? Um, Cause the opposite would be heartbreaking, you know what I mean? And, and that's where that disappointment part comes in. So, yeah, I mean, there is a, a standard that I hold myself to that I want people to be proud of, you know, who I was as a player and how I played and how I represented for sure. And you've given so much to the sport. Do you feel like you've accomplished everything that you've wanted to up to this point? I have no regrets. I'll tell you that. I mean, I, I mean, obviously I could have probably done more, you know, I could have won four national. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I don't think I could have, you know, I always tell my pitchers, you know, or, or the athletes that, or at UCLA, you know, it's like you, you're, you know, you, you, you're wringing out a towel trying to get as much out as you can. You know, I, I don't know that I could have wrung out anymore, you know, in terms of how I pushed myself and the attention to detail. You know, sometimes I'm like, wow, if I wouldn't have worked as hard, would I have been even better? Yeah, we don't, we're not even going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I definitely was, you know, probably in, in, in the realm of, in the, in the realm of sports training, I probably was a little bit of an overtrainer. Um, you know, because I wanted to make sure I was doubly prepared for any situation. So, um, but yeah, I don't think I would have been me, right. Because there's a, there's a mental confidence that, that comes, you know, in, in those moments when you can go left or right and self doubt or "Mm -mm, I'm pushing through and, and I know I can get this done. You know, to me, it's those moments that you reach back and go, I'm ready for this. I've trained for this. I've prepared for this. So there's a level of confidence that steps up that allows you to, you know, persevere and and to push forward and to get it done. And so, you know, I, I definitely feel like that's just, you know, part of it and making sure that I exemplified that on the field. And and so when people call me the goat, I mean, man, I'm honored, right. It's, it's like, thank God you feel like that. Cause I sure worked hard, you know, and and, and, and I appreciate, you know, I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Because it was something that I didn't necessarily set out to do, but I wanted to be the best that I could. And I did everything, you know, to do that. And if that's how it came out, that I was able to reap the benefit. Um, but it wasn't without the teammates, 
You know, you're as a pitcher, you could be dominant, but if you don't have that person behind the plate that that's able to get you going and, and to be able to catch and frame and do all those little things, doesn't matter. You know, defense. Yeah. I mean, gosh, some of the Dot Richardsons, the Sheila Cornells. I mean, the people that I played with, you know, Crystal Bustos. Is, I mean, it's, you know, Natasha Watley's. I mean, these are guys that I was able to go to battle with that, you know, allowed me. Kelly Inouye Perez, I mean, you know, behind the plate. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's intense. And there's there's a lot of them that, you know, they equally are a part of, you know, my my story for sure. I was lucky enough to have Dot on the show last year. It was our 100th episode and we got to have it with with Dot Richardson, which was super exciting. But I think about, you know, I mentioned like I was starstruck meeting you, but you got to play with Dot, but also that's who you looked up to. Like this is how how far back things go in the softball world, right? And I think that's important to recognize. Yeah, Dot is, um, man, she's one of a kind. I mean, she is truly inspirational and, like I said, game-changing in my life um, in terms of, yeah, I probably wouldn't be, you know, who I am without her, her in terms of her passion for the game. You know, she came into my life at a time when I was very impressionable, um, you know, I was senior year in high school when I met Dot, and I was fortunate to play for the Ray Bestest Breakettes. I left home and, and competed there in the summer, and Ralph Raymond was our head coach, someone else that that left a an impression on me, super important. Um, and Dot was the one that was like, if you love this game, play this game. It's okay to want to love this game. And you know, at that time, it was like, what are you doing? You want to play softball? Like, what? Are you crazy? You know what I mean? And that was, you know, thankful for Title IX, you know, that started mm-hmm. opening up doors of opportunity for me when I was in high school, where I wasn't sure, like, ooh, can I really, I really love this game. But, you know, it doesn't seem like it's really cool to love this game. She's like, love this game, girl. I love this game. Like, dream it. <laughs> believe it. And she is the eternal optimist. I mean, there is yeah. nothing that Dot Richardson cannot do. And she makes you feel the same way. And so, wow, to have her be so much a part of my life, you know, during that period of time and and really to, to, to this day, I just talked to her yesterday. Um, I've been blessed. I mean, so fortunate, the right people at the right time, so powerful and an incredible athlete, probably the best shortstop ever to play our game in, in terms of her mentality. But you talk about someone that, makes you feel like you can literally walk through a wall. I mean, it's, it's, she's empowering and, and optimistic. And why can't you? I'm like, I don't know. Why can't I? You're right. I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just, um, yeah. And I, I'm blessed to have her in my life, you know, changed my career during that integral part to just man taking that next step in terms of really saying, no, I'm going to love this game. And um, was right by my side. You know, shoot, I'll go out and hit with you every day, Lisa. And we would, I mean, we would be going out trying to, you know, oh, it was a blast. It was a blast. Super fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. See, she was another one that I I love to watch because I played shortstop. I told you I pitched too growing up, but I played shortstop. My number was one. So she was like automatically, you know, and I told her all this. But one thing I'll say that you have on her is I did tell her I have an autograph ball from her too. 
but hers is white. The softball oh. you have, you have <laughs> the green yellow one. So you have that. <laughs> yeah. She's a little bit, little bit, little bit older, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but man, I mean, you talk about a baller, um, man, I remember being on, on a team with her and we were getting clubbed up a little bit. And it was intense. I mean, it was, you know, back in women's ball when, you know, we didn't have the social media. So you truly didn't know and didn't really like the people in the other dugout, you know, and man, it was a heated rivalry in, it was in a national championship women's tournament and we were getting clubbed up a little bit. And she looked at me and she's like, the tables are going to turn. And I was at third base. She was at short. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. I mean, I was (laughs) like, you know, and that's dot. I mean, you literally could be at your perceivable lowest moment at the time and she will find a way to get that changed and in that aura and that presence of yes we will overcome we can do and so yeah she's incredibly motivating and and talented and the fact that she's an orthopedic surgeon retired now and coaching and you know and as an olympian it's like wow amazing yeah yeah it's it's really incredible um and honestly, I could keep talking to you about her, about your career, about everything <laughs> all day long. Um, oh, but I appreciate that. No, like I said, people, you know, Sharon Backus at UCLA, right person for me. You know, she would yeah. look at me and go, I don't know. What can you do? I'm like, yeah. oh, I can do a lot. You know what I mean? Better at third base. I'm looking for a signal. She's like, hit it. Okay. Gotcha, coach. Good signal. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, just just fortunate. It's been really cool, been blessed. And so, um, you know, hopefully I made my teammates proud and the coaches that, that coached and I was able to represent them well. Yeah. Well, on that note, I don't really want to wrap up, but I will <laughs> to respect your time. Um, no, I appreciate you doing this and, and continuing to get our sport out there, right? I think it's, you know, a sport that caters to all and, you know, it doesn't matter what your skill level is. I mean, there's, there's a spot for you to be able to be challenged. And if you have that, that heart and, and that mind, you know, you can play this game. It's not easy, but it's, yeah. you know, so rewarding. Yeah, definitely. And if I can, I usually play a game to wrap things up with everybody that oh, comes gosh. on the show. I'm it's not called really safer out. Safer well, it's called out. safer out. It's safer oh, okay. out. You're basically an umpire. So I, yeah, you'll be good at this one. <sighs> I'm horrible at instant replay. Oh, but you play video games, right? Oh, I'm a good video. Well, my, my kids would tell me I'm not a great video gamer, Mm. but I feel like I play my role, you know, (laughs) I play my part, you know, we we play a little Fortnite, and I'm a great med kit carrier and you know, all that (laughs) stuff. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the one that lets our team know which way to go. My kids are the ones that rack up all the, you know, all kills, but it's all good. <laughs> That's fine. Like you said, team. Yeah. Contribute. We all have a spot. <laughs> we all have a role, integral part. Love that. <laughs> all right. Well, what do you got for this for one, basically, um, like I said, it's called safer out. So I'll bring up a topic. Okay. Probably about softball. If you like it or you agree with it, you call it safe. If you don't, then you call it out. Okay. That's it. Got it. Okay. First one, UCLA going to the big 10. Safer out. Safe. Well, has to be, right? Now that I think about it, you're employed there. Yeah. (laughs) So so we'll move on. That'll that'll be that. Um, 
Okay, that was the first one. Second one is superstitions. Safer out. Safe. Do you, what sure. were your go-tos? Or did you have a lot? Oh, tons. Tons. I mean, super silly when I think about them now, but so important when I was in the moment. So I'm all about superstitions. Whatever gets your head going in the right direction, man, I'll, I'll, I'll do them with you Yeah. at the yeah. end of the day. So, I, I mean... I would put a cup in the fence and in the cup, you know, I had to get a drink. I mean, I had a whole routine, had to get a drink, had to put the cup in the fence, had to tap it so many times to make sure it was in right. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, I think they even made that rule that the pitcher had to get out on the mound within a certain period of time, or mm. it was a ball because of me. And I'd be like, fine, I'll take a ball as, cause I already tapped my cup three times. So I know <laughs> I'm good to go ball or no ball. I don't even need it. I'm still going to get her out. So yeah, superstitions definitely safe. Yeah. Were you one of those people who like wouldn't step on the lines? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of stuff. Absolutely. Good karma. Yeah, I agree. Softball gods are watching, you know? Totally. (laughs) All right. A couple safes. Next one is NIL. Name, image, likeness. Safer (sighs) out. Tie to the runner. I mean, Mm, I think there's, you know, there's some definite positives, you know, when you think about it from an athlete's perspective. Um, Right. But then obviously as an old schooler, you know, it's, it's not easy, right. Managing how it goes. Right. And some of the things that may happen, you know, with the athletes of added pressures and so forth. So that's a tough one. Yeah. But I think there has been some, some benefits to some of the athletes that have been able to um, take advantage of it, you know, Um, but you know, anything that's, that's good, there's always going to be some, some negatives, you know, it's, so that's a tough one. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that are different, you know, even from when I played too. Um, and NIL is one of them. The transfer portal is a lot different. There's yep. a lot of new layers, social media, even the, what it is now today versus what it used to be. And, and even before it existed. Yeah. The social media thing is, is a tough yeah. one. Yeah. You know, you're looking at everybody's highlight reel, right. And right. You know, no one, no one posts the, the mundane troublesome days, Champ camps. you know, yeah. <laughs> no, those are always posted. Cause you know, they're always like, yeah, no, that's I'm true. That's true. I'm just, they, they earned that post. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, that's, that's a tough one. You know, you have to make sure that you, you know, we keep an eye out on our kids, right. Because sometimes, you know, it's distorted in terms of yeah. how things actually occur. And, and, you know, like I said, it's everybody's highlight reel. So sometimes it doesn't always make people feel their best. Yeah. But you, you mentioned earlier, too, the growth of the game is such a good thing, too. So do you feel like in general we're going in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, sport? I definitely think so. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, when you look at even the College World Series, I mean, man, we were pumped when we got, you know, 3,000 people and, we, you know, the stadium yeah. was a quarter of its size. You know, now it's, I don't know, is it 10 or 15? I, I don't even know how many yeah. thousand it fits now. And so, you know, what we were able to do, you know, through the Olympics and, and obviously bringing it to the forefront, you know, it's unfortunate that it got taken out um, when it did. And, and hopefully we're going to get back. Uh, that's, that's a tough one, but in terms of the college game, you know, hopefully we'll continue to figure out how we're going to do something professionally that can sustain. Um, I mean, I think it's a great Avenue. I mean, I think anytime women can play sports, it just helps develop character. I mean, when you think of some of the successful people in this world, you know, there is a competitive aspect that you have yep. to have. And 
what's the best way to learn it than, you know, playing a sport that you love, right? And, and doing something that you love all the while you're learning some really cool, valuable life lessons. Yep. 100%. All right. Well, last one is all right. bat, bat flips. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely old school on that. I, I would have to say out. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad, but you've got to be yeah. able to show, you know, who you are. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it, there's about a presence and, and so I'm, I'm a little bit old school. I mean, I, I understand it, you know, and, and everybody likes the creativity of it. You know, to me, it's, it's probably more situational, you know yeah. I mean? When it's, when it's scripted and, Oh, I'm going to do, mm, that's kind of not my thing, you know, yeah. but there are times when you hit a game winner and, and you're like, whoa, and, and you don't even know what <laughs> happened. You know, it's, it's a natural right. emotion and reaction. Okay. I get that, you know, but yeah. like I said, when it's scripted and the score is 10 to nothing, we, you know, we've got to also be respectful of the game and, and the people that you're playing against because they're showing up as well. And, and it's not easy being in that circle, you know, and being, yeah vulnerable. And, and I would go vice versa. You know, if, you know, we don't need any, you know, any major bat flips going on in the circle with a glove going up in the air because they strike somebody <laughs> out or something, right, you know, right. I mean? a good fist pump. I get that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's if someone hits a home run. Yeah, I get that. That's, that's a different story. So yeah, that one's yeah. a little tough for me. I, I'll yeah. admit I'm a little bit more old school. Honestly, that's what, that's what I figured. And actually most, I think UCLA alums I've talked to that's, that's been, the answer, just, just more of the culture, right? The style. You're probably too busy tapping your cup and like doing all the superstitions anyway. <laughs> for sure. For sure. You know, actually, you know, to me, I, I would, if, if that, I would probably take it, you know, I mean, there is a part of me that, that is, you know, a religious aspect and, and I would want to make sure there's no disrespect because I would mm -hmm. not want the repercussions if, you know, the big man upstairs thought I was being disrespectful to the game. And then all of a right. sudden now my bat decides to take an 0 for 10, you know, hitless streak. I'd be like, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. My bad. So yeah, I mean, there, there is definitely a cognizant effort on my part, you know, even as a player and a coach to do things the right way, because I think yeah. those, those actions are rewarded. Yeah. Well, I think nobody's perfect, but I think you've done a heck of a lot of things the right way. So yeah. thank you for joining. Definitely no one's perfect and, and you, you, you do the best you can and, you know, lock in and, and being who you are and, and who you want to represent. And we all make mistakes, but hopefully, you know, they're ones that are, are small and we can learn from and, and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank awesome. you again for joining Lisa. This yeah, was well, a bucket list for item me. for the show. Yes, of course. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care and thanks for having me. Like I said, this was a bucket list item for the show to be able to interview Lisa. And just thinking back for me on a personal note from that starstruck moment I mentioned when I was 10 to then being on the field with her playing against the UCLA staff while I was in college to now covering her on broadcasts and interviewing her is just a really cool full circle journey to go on. And she's the GOAT for a reason. And I feel like she's a bridge between the past the present and the future of softball, which is part of what I love about this sport is that connectivity. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about being present. You know, a lot of the successful athletes that I've talked to on this show, and honestly, just successful people that I've talked to in general in life, a theme that tends to come up is that they're really good 
at being present. Whether things are going really well, whether things are going really bad, they're just really good at being able to focus on what's in front of them. And even Lisa's intensity that we talked about, really, if you think about it, it's a laser focus on the presence and the challenge at hand. And it's really clearing out the noise of everything else to make things easier and therefore, like she said, more efficient. You know, my friend and college teammate, Ashley Hansen, who's been on the show, when she was inducted into the Hall of Fame at Stanford this past fall in her speech, she credited a lot of her success to always finding a way to be where her feet are. And, you know, it's very clear, a lot of stress and anxiety, even doubt, comes from worrying about the future or dwelling in the past. And often we're the least stressed when we're not doing either of those things. And that's not to say that we don't prepare for the future and learn from the past. Of of course we do those things, but there's a time and place for that. You know, when you're between the lines on game day, in the box, whatever it is, it's all about the presence. That's what meditation is. If you think about it as well, you know, it's about mastering being in the present and letting any mental distractions just float right past you. That's why it's effective and actually even rejuvenating. And it's kind of like reading a book or watching a movie and how it can feel like an escape because maybe we're actually off of our phones and just paying attention to the story. And that kind of simplification can be therapeutic. And that's why sports are an outlet for a lot of people. So that's it. Be present. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com, and you can watch the videos on YouTube too. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review for it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.